0: What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at kdjtv611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's kdjtv. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. What is going on boys and girls welcome back to the show the podcast uh, episode 46 if you're keeping count and today really special guest we have good old Paul Sporer here to talk about all things Tigers sometimes good sometimes bad roster updates and uh, and the like so Sporer thank you so much for being here how you doing I'm doing well thank you so much for having me on how are you I'm doing well I'm doing well it is a hot muggy balmy day in Baltimore But we're doing great. We've Um, been getting
1: a lot of the mugginess too here in Austin, Texas, which is not normal. We're usually a bit drier, but the rain has not stopped and so nasty.
0: Yeah, we had a pretty much most of last week was rain or thunderstorms in the forecast. And my Comcast internet was, you know, reflective of that in and out constantly. (laughs) But we never lost anything on a stream. And uh, I'm able to record today, even though my Wi-Fi was literally down this morning. So we're doing great.
1: Hey, that's good. Good rebound there.
0: (laughs) Um, so listeners of the show, you guys know how this works when I have a guest. We usually talk at the very end of the show about that person's favorite team and and, and cards uh they'd like to see. We're gonna switch up the order a little bit. I wanna end the show with Paul talking about how he goes about predicting his roster updates because that's gonna be a nice chunky conversation. But what we're gonna start with, we're gonna have some general announcements, as you all know. Then we're gonna go straight to this massive team affinity drop that came today. And my God, it is spicy. Uh, they might have accidentally revealed the best card ever assembled in MLB The Show. No one quite knows how to get it just yet, but I, I'm staring at it on the screen next to me. And it's, it's not even real. I don't even know what it is. Um, but first of all, guys, we have merch now. Um, it's going to be in the comments, in the YouTube comments. It's on my Twitter. Uh, If you like T-shirts or a cool mug that says the show, the podcast, there is merch. So go there. Um, Also, last announcement. I was able to make World Series yesterday, and my lord has ranked been an absolute disaster. So I'm very happy to not touch that again for several weeks. Uh, Just PSA to everybody. Stay out of ranked seasons forever. But now we're not going to ignore Paul anymore. He's here. And we're going to go straight to Team Affinity 3 let's just your general thoughts, man. This might be one of the best content drops we've ever gotten.
1: Yeah. Arguably the best ever. Um, it's, it's truly incredible. How good these cards are. They really lived up to the hype. I mean, there's only one that I would consider kind of bad and it's the Craig Kim And it's because of his pitch mix. He's Very only bad. got the two fastballs and the curve ball. And I just don't really think that that's particularly usable. And so that's the only one that I look at and I'm like, okay, that's legitimately bad. But otherwise, I uh, I love this set. It's brilliant. I was already in there. I did all the exchanges and um, uh, uh, collections to get uh, 55% on every single one.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it here on the screen next to me. And so I predicted 97 to 99s. I think that's what a lot of people kind of predicted. We have 95 to 99 and I kind of like that because yeah. let's be honest here Gregory Soto from the Tigers I don't mean to you know crap on your guy would not have been an all-star had the Tigers not had to have one True so, but I
1: think he's one of the best ones out there He no that was my
0: next point he's yeah. actually legitimately very good very usable any lefty's good but he throws some absolute heat
1: Yeah that's the thing he throws big heat uh, an outlier sinker, a good slider, so he has the meta pitches. Now, be careful with that changeup though; it has twenty-five control. Yeah, don't throw it. So you do not. He's really a three-pitch guy. So I, I, I'm happy about him. I think it's a pretty good card for the Tigers to get. Good lefty to put in your bullpen. Throw that changeup so sparingly, if at all. But uh, otherwise I think it's a very good card. I I would actually rate him over hater personally based Mm -hmm. on the sinker and how much of a meta pitch that is. So yeah, like I'm above the rule. Like I'm beyond having the one team gets a, I don't think that it has to be like that. It doesn't bother me, but I don't need it. Um, Even as a fan of a team that uh, only sends an all-star because of that reason. But I think that was more for like back in the day before the internet, when you didn't get to see, players from every team exactly and it made more sense to do it nowadays in the internet age i think you could really just take the best players and not have to worry about finagling somebody in there because he's clearly not at the same caliber as all the other guys
0: and in fairness though baseball is the type of game where very clearly a team sport but you could have a brian reynolds on the pirates who's hitting the cover off the ball and even though his team is horrible he's great so i think even if you got rid of that mandate 25 out of the 30 teams and be represented in the oh, all-star sure. game maybe yeah. even all 30 in some years like it would happen naturally
1: yep i totally agree like um there would just be a couple guys that maybe wouldn't be in but for the most part yeah it would be it would still be pretty good
0: mm-hmm. and going back to your note on soto being better than hater i ac- completely agree the sinker obviously being meta that helps i just feel as if even with the change up hater is so readable and i personally don't struggle to hit him i know some people do that's the beauty of this game everybody's got different strengths and weaknesses but i just don't see hater this card is not much better than the live series card his hits per nine yeah. obviously juiced up a couple little things here and there gregory soto's card is disgusting so once you get him use that card well and another thing is too is because he's
1: been around for a while, uh, Hader has and and is a popular card. People are really starting to see him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we we uh, Dellen Batansis used to be like a go to for everybody, even a, like a live series. Silver was I like a br god. Yeah. yeah, he has now completely fallen out of favor because people have seen him so much. Like he's not difficult now. Maybe the diamond will be kind of decent this year, but nobody even uses his bronze in br. I think Hader isn't quite there yet, but he's on the second end of of his life cycle as far as being an automatic go-to card. You're still going to run into people who can't hit him to save their lives, but a lot of average and above-average
0: folks, or better, can definitely crush Hader no matter what. And this is somewhat of a tangent here, but that's why I'm excited for Joe Nathan to be back in the game this year. Mm -hmm. It's a reliever whose delivery we haven't seen in, I don't know, four or five years, maybe even okay. more than that. I'm excited to see his 99 that he'll inevitably get.
1: And he's like a four or five pitch type of guy too. Yeah. So deep arsenal, new delivery. I totally agree with that. Yes. I mean, very excited for that.
0: Uh, going back to the rest of Team Affinity 3, I guess most of the selections probably are not surprising. One of the ones I was surprised at was Cronenworth over the Tatis for obvious reasons. Maybe it's just because they think Tatis will get the finest. I understand mm-hmm. that line of thinking as well. Were there any big surprises for you, though?
1: I'm a huge uh, Cronenworth fan, by the way, so I was excited that he got the card. Uh, But no, nobody really jumped out as like, oh, my gosh, how did he get it? Everything really seemed to track there. Um, You know, I'm glad they went Zanino and not Joey Wendell. No offense to Joey Wendell, but who wants to use a Wendell card? Meanwhile, Zanino's got double 125s on his power, which is incredible. But yeah, the, the player selections all tracked pretty much what I would have expected um, and made made good sense to me. So I'm happy with how they went there.
0: And I like what they did. They, they spread it around. So like mm-hmm. a Chris Taylor would never get a, a high diamond, nice opportunity to get one. Honestly, he's got a really sweet little swing. I like yep. Chris Taylor. I do too. Um, like you mentioned, Kimbrell, he's an obvious choice, but they didn't do him any favors with this card. <laughs> if people use him, not a great idea, but you know, to each their own. I'm excited to have this 98 Trey Turner. I think you pair him with, like I use the new Wanda Franco at short. Actually, I use him at second because I have Mauricio at short, but I think that's going to flip-flop because Trey Turner is going to be an absolute beast. So he might be an instant plug into the lineup.
1: I, I completely agree with that. I love Trey Turner cards. They're always a little bit slept on um, by the, by the overall general public because his power usually isn't there, but his swing has always been clean and the ball just jumps off his bat. And even with the center field defense, not necessarily being top rated, the speed makes up for that. And that's mm-hmm. the beauty. When you have a speedy center fielder, even if their fielding and reaction ratings aren't as good as you might like, the speed bridges that gap. So don't be afraid to even use him there. If your infield is locked up, but for me, I'm probably going to put him at second base and then his defense is less of an issue because you can afford to have a little bit of a lesser guy at second base.
0: Yeah. And then of course you use the parallel system and you you can
1: exactly, you know,
0: get him up there a little bit. Unfortunately you play him. Let's say you play him at shortstop where he's supposed to be. He starts at a 72. So he's mm-hmm. only going to get up to that silver badge. It won't kill you. Won't help you a ton, but it won't kill you. Um, Second base, I think, is the spot, though. His arm is not fantastic. Center field, his arm is going to hurt. The speed's going to help, but the arm's going to hurt. So I True. do think second's probably the place to be. And he's got a really good swing. I've always loved his swing. Um, you know, I'm looking at him on the screen right now. He's next to Nicholas uh, Castellanos, who I think might even be arguably the best card that they dropped. And I know his defense. You talk about bad defense. It's, it's shit. It's really shit. <laughs> but. That swing is his 99 that they gave us back last year was one of my favorite cards to use. Oh um, man. Who do you think maybe some of these guys that might be slept on as people who, you know, maybe people don't think will be good, but they're actually great.
1: So one guy who's always slept on for the same power reason I mentioned with Turner is Michael Brantley cards. Mm-hmm. I find they always play very well. Such a and beautiful, ball- smooth swing. Exactly. So the ball jumps off his bat, and I think you'll find more power there than you'd be than you would expect. I think Jake Cronenworth, uh, enter the Crone zone, baby. I love (laughs) Cronenworth cards. I I got one events game in with the new guys, and he crushed a three run. Now it's off a common, so I don't want to use that as the reason, but it was nice to go yard with him instantly. You mentioned Chris Taylor. Anyone who's been playing for a long time probably remembers that 2017 gold player of the month, Chris Taylor. That card was godly. His play his postseason one was great last year and then eduardo escobar is a guy i've been loving live series specialty whatever you got um he his live series is always a good br card he has a tops now this year that's been very good a tops now two years ago that was excellent Mm -hmm. and now we get this card for him representing the diamondbacks and i think it will be fantastic so i love eduardo escobar as well
0: I will say on the Escobar front, I'm going to puff out my chest on veteran difficulty here very quickly. I did the NL West missions, and you needed six hits in three games, and all six of my hits were home runs with that card. Oh Again, my gosh. veteran, course Field, the pitchers still are terrible. It's still fun to rake, though. It's his still fun to is, absolutely crush. His swing is so pretty. It it's really so, is. It's so, so pretty. Um, one thing, you know, a couple interesting things to note, like Nelson Cruz just got a 93, and here he is with a 97. Actually, Mm -hmm. I think the 93 has better stats against lefties, so you might just want to use the 93. True, Uh, This one's 125 contact left and 114 power left on his new 97. I think the 93 had a little higher power, but I could be wrong. With the 90, um,
1: I don't have the 93 yet because I've been slacking on my dailies. I would imagine since it's Seattle, his defense would be a little bit better too.
0: Defense he was younger. better and the speed is like 52 or something like that.
1: So there you go. Yeah, it, you might just use the awards one, but you'll never go wrong with a cruise, especially if you're p- just putting him on the bench to come out and crush. But uh, I agree. I think maybe the awards might be the better play there.
0: Mm-hmm. and very quickly i just want to go through this first page of players these are the ones that are highest rated uh cedric mullins he's going to be a legend guy i don't play legend because once i make world series i hit a hard stop um i don't, fun, I don't want to be frustrated um uh, but high contact sweet swing speed his arm is worse than johnny damon in the heyday of his career it but really it's, is it's a 50 arm so you're gonna throw play him in left. left yeah but yeah he, his bat'll be good um Raphael Devers, they gave him 75 fielding.
1: That's really clean because he's always been a great hitter, and the defense has been like, oh, can I afford his defense? Now I think you can.
0: Yeah, Aaron Judge. um,
1: Speaking of defense.
0: Speaking of defense, 99 fielding, 90 arm, (laughs) 99 accuracy, 99 reaction. (laughs) And I'm a Yankee fan, and people hate on Judge. He deserves that 100%. I adore Judge. I will say – little disappointed in the contact against Wright being an 89. I'm sure sure it's reflective in his splits. Unfortunately, you're not going to see Judge a lot. His strike zone's too big. His swing's a little long. You know, I wish he was usable because I love Aaron Judge. I have a personal collection of his baseball cards, but I just don't think you're going to use him.
1: It is a situation, and it's, it's the very tall player models and the very short player models. Um, it's a personal preference thing. Like, I don't do well with the Altuve and Yogi Berra when we had them. Mm-hmm. I am okay with the Stantons and Judges, the super tall guys, but you have to know your own personal preference. So if you don't like using those player types, don't force it. Mm.
0: Uh, we have Jose Ramirez, always, always glitchy. He's got a very him. weird separation of attributes here. I don't know if you looked at them yet, but we're looking at 80 contact right, 103 contact left, which is reasonable. But mm-hmm. now he's got more power versus right, maxed 125, and then only 73 power left. So a weird card. Again, glitchy swing, though, it might not matter. He might just be just fine. He's one of my favorite players in the game.
1: That was one of my go tos. I got Soto and Ramirez first. And um, I, I love him. So, yeah, I honestly, I didn't know the ratings, even though I'd looked at the card because I don't care when it comes to Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I will use any Jose Ramirez.
0: Yeah, we won't spend a ton of time talking about Kevin Gosman. He's a 98. I will say you're probably not going to see him, but he felt so smooth to pitch with in those moments. Just very to smooth.
1: They, uh, they they lengthened his arsenal, too. They gave mm-hmm. He got five pitches. Like, he's not a deep arsenal guy in real life, but – they, they get if they got him with these five pitches here i think uh i think he's one to keep an eye on i might use him as a sneak tip
0: he might be really really good as like an emergency guy if you need yeah. some long relief 111 stamina 114 hits per nine i mean he doesn't have the velo or the control breaks pretty good you know you could play with him i think yeah i think it's at least worth a shot exactly uh matt olsen just completely entered the stratosphere of the top first baseman in the game he's now a top three guy just I adore I, him
1: i adore all 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 of his cards or yeah um
0: and yeah he's got 54 arm but you're not going to play him in right field so it doesn't matter
1: exactly because that speed you don't really want to have out there Anyway, so yeah, don't don't worry about that. Just play him at first base or off your bench if you have somebody
0: else. But Matt Olson cards crush. Yeah. Uh, now I'm looking at Jacob Degrom. I haven't actually compared it to live series. The pitching stats don't look much different because I don't think they could have been. However, and I know hitting stats for pitchers don't factor into the overall. So clearly they toyed with him a little bit. Uh, the dude rakes. And that's not an exaggeration. 63 contact right, 72 contact left, 53 power right, 43 power left and 69 power clutch. I mean, 69 clutch. Very nice. So so nice. What can we say about this guy? He's in every rotation. It has to be.
1: And frankly, I mean, if you only have the live series, that's fine. Go ahead and use him for now. But once you get this, I mean. Either or, or if you don't have the live series yet, you're still working on your collection, get this one, this all-star DeGrom, and you will be perfectly fine. DeGrom is playable on every level this year. Doesn't matter if you are a legend stud at the top end, he can handle anybody. Or if you are down in the middle tiers, DeGrom is for everybody this year and he's a God.
0: And I will say this pro tip with DeGrom. So I'm looking at his controls right now. They're, They're stupid. 99 control on the fastball, as he should have. Yes. 97 on the slider, incredible. 87 on the changeup, 82 on the curve, 85 on the two seam. My gripe with this card is that they did not turn one of these pitches into a cutter because his slider against lefties is basically a cutter. True. That's um, actually fair, yeah. The changeup with DeGrom, though, I don't think you should throw it because people are going to be so late on that fastball and you talk about speeding bats up, throwing mm-hmm. that change up low in the zone is an easy, easy way for a player who's late on that fastball to literally just drop the barrel. And if you catch a change up low, it's going to be hit hard. So that's a great call. Similar to Soto, except, you know, DeGrom obviously has more control, but similar to Soto, don't over, overuse that change up. I just I don't see how that's an effective way to use him.
1: I think that's a really sharp call out uh, for the exact reason that you're saying, especially if you happen to be on Hall of Fame or Legend and they're, and you're just gassing them to death with that with that fastball, you don't want to give them any sort of leverage back by bringing in that changeup. Plus, a lot of people hit those low pitches. It's a big power zone this year in mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, I, I'd say don't do it. Maybe sneak it up high so they see like a high changeup is not usually something you ever yeah. want to throw. Up and away, it has, like an, it over. Exactly. An offbeat pitch. That might be the only way to use it, but n- don't do a normal down change up that you would normally throw because I think you will speed folks bats up and uh, you could see it hit hit 420 feet the other way.
0: The only way I see a low change up working is if you spike it 58 feet and because yes. of his control, you could probably feel pretty reassured that you're going to spike it. But again, it all depends on which p- pitching method you use, how comfortable you are with that pitching method. Um, I will say, normally with a five-pitch mix, you want to mix it up. Let's call DeGrom's like a four-and-a-half-pitch mix, because I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Either way, disgusting card. Not even, just so, you know, no question. Disgusting. He's so filthy. I love him. And then lastly here, <laughs> this show, hey, Otani. We uh, knew we were getting it. It's so pornographic. I, <laughs> I can't even hit the 85 or 86, whatever he is now. Same. So he's a 99. Dude throws four seam splitter, slider, cutter, uh, curveball. It's the same as his live series mix. It's 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 scary, and we don't even have to talk about the pitching, the hitting stats. He's got 125 power versus both sides. Absolute fire,
1: and and this what is what say. we want, right? This is exactly what we want, and it's it's incredible. It's it's incredible how good he is, how good Otani is, and they're really trying to make that into the game so that we can experience his true greatness. And I, I applaud them. They continue to uh, to put out better and better Otani cards. I imagine it's going to be collect all 30 all-stars. That Probably. seems like the most reasonable way to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really, I can't wait to get that card. I'm going to be working hard.
0: And if I just might say, holy shit, I just noticed he has 91 speed. Yes. So, I mean, God, he's almighty. absurd. And he's a starting pitcher. That's important to know. The previous cards we've gotten, uh, one of them was the, the monthly awards was a right fielder or a left fielder. His live series is a starter. This card's a starter. So just know that you cannot play him in the field unless you do some hijinks and, and stuff. And that's
1: probably like the next frontier for them is to try to figure out how to make it a card that can kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'll tell you should what. should have
0: two live series cards.
1: I, I'd actually be okay with that. I, I really yeah. would. Um, just whatever, whatever they can do. To make it so that, you know, you can kind of maneuver him around like that. I tell you what, though, I've I've started drafting his live series in BR and then just leading him off uh, when I pitch him. That's a ton of sense. Usually I don't draft diamond starters, but why wouldn't I when he's actually a diamond hitter as well? So I have no problem doing it now.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, content on the whole. Specifically in July has just been like Kyle Schwarber is maybe the best hitting card they've ever put together just because of his swing. Last year's Juan Soto, the finest Cody Bellinger, last Mm -hmm. year's awards Mike Trout, obviously all in that same discussion. But this Kyle Schwarber is end game catcher against lefties, righties, switch pitchers doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, especially because they just ignored reality against lefties as they should, (laughs) which is fine. Um, (laughs) It just makes it harder to predict things, but I don't really care because there's no value in predicting and be one thing. If, if we were trying to, um, if there was like a way to invest in something to, to parlay uh, off of player of the month, but there isn't whenever we're guessing player of the month players, it's just a guess for fun. Mm -hmm. So I didn't predict him for lightning because I saw what he did against lefties and I didn't think Schwarber would get it. They decided to ignore that reality, juice him up and I'm fine with it. It makes the game better. It's more fun. Doesn't really bother me.
0: there's two things to note on that one completely agree it's a it's a video game let's have some fun he was arguably the best hitter in the league over the course of the month let's make him look like that Mm -hmm. secondly it's like well you didn't do that with jesse winker and i know his month paled in comparison to kyle schwarber's but kyle can't hit lefties jesse can't hit lefties you reflected it in winker's card not in this one so that's it's it's a weird dichotomy there exactly and that's kind of the part of like that's where I'm like, I, I don't,
1: I don't understand. And so that's why when I, and I'm in my stream and they say, who do you think's going to get, I, was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't care to guess <laughs> it, it's not, I'm not trying to be rude to anybody. It's like, and this just furthers my lack of caring about guessing because they're not going to adhere to real life. And that's fine. Make badass player of the month cards, but I'm not going to try to guess who you're going to go for.
0: Yeah. And, and there are some people who I've seen on Twitter or in, in my chat or in other places, just saying, why is Kyle Schwarber a catcher? They might have a legitimate gripe, but let me, let me say this. So I don't know the last time Schwarber caught an inning. 2019. Like, uh, 2019. So Probably it didn't fits. catch well or a ton.
1: It was only one inning, but it fits what they do, which is three years is what mm-hmm. they base the card off of for live series um, so that still fits. We should lose it next year. Now I know people don't want to, but I think to keep accuracy, we should lose that catcher eligibility next year. Cause he's not going to come back and catch this year, especially with the injury that he had. Um, so since it's on live series, that's fine, but it has to be in that three-year window. Yeah. Um, and Hey, why, why argue it? it? It gives us a fun catcher out of nowhere. I'm here for it.
0: It lets us play Mookie Betts at second. It lets Bingo. us play, you know, Jimmy Fox during his career was a catcher a little bit. Uh, yep. I think it might have been you who tweeted this in regards to this discussion. But if we get a Hank Aaron that plays second base, that might be some fun.
1: So, yeah, we uh, this was discovered recently. People are kind of looking it over. Um, now, the the rule seems to be on like a SIG or an awards type of card. Uh, they have to be kind of a primary there Mm -hmm. and he never really had a primary season. The reason we advocated so hard for Fox at catcher is because he had seasons where he was a primary catcher. He got moved off when Mickey Cochran came into the picture because he was an amazing catcher and Fox was just okay. So that made more sense. As far as the Hank Aaron goes, we're probably not going to get it on any of his cards unless they make a specific 1955 card, which hey, I'm here for, even though it'd be kind of a medium diamond, just putting Hank Aaron at second it would be great because i love hank aaron cards i don't know how you've done with them but i've done extremely well so i would i would love that personally
0: i truthfully haven't used them a ton um you know i know the most recent one they dropped is juiced against lefties and i imagine Mm -hmm. his full-blown 99 card will look similar to that just with you know right-handed stats being or attributes rather being boosted as well um i know people love them so i'm excited to get get using them Uh, the way my outfield looks now I understand I'm married to the guys I've been using for a long time, but Mike Trout live series is incredible. Byron Buxton's one of my favorite cards in the game. And Jason Doesn't Dominguez, uneffing effing believable, Jason mm-hmm. Dominguez is. So, that, that's a, a
1: brilliant outfield, by the way. Nobody's getting anything down in the gaps against you more, nope. more often than not.
0: Not a single person. So, I mean, and that's the type of outfield I'm comfortable using for a while. I, you know, just because a 99 drops out, especially this year with the parallel system, I don't feel pigeonholed into having to take a lower player out to get the 99 in the lineup. That's Um, the thing too.
1: People need to play the cards that they're good with. I think too often people change just for change sake. And like, I like to mix it up. Don't get me wrong. I'm somebody who advocates turning over your lineup and having fun with it, but not to the detriment of my performance. mm -hmm. So if I do make a change to somebody and I end up not doing well, then I'm going to go back to the guy in question that I have 400 great plate appearances with. And I, I think people should, be more, um, open to just sticking with what works as opposed to maybe changing to a card that you're not as good with.
0: Excellent point. Um, and just to transition now, we're going to take a quick break in a, in a couple of minutes to talk just about sponsors and things like that. But I, like I said, in the beginning, I do want to talk tigers before the break, switch it up a little bit, um, in honor of the switch it up event that got me Jason Dominguez. So the tigers, it's can be rough. So I sure. apologize for that. Uh, I remember vividly one time Mike Maroth one hitting the Yankees in Comerica. I was like 2006. I don't know or whenever it was. I don't know why it sticks out of my head. Those are one of one of the memories I have of the Tigers. But I don't think we want him in the game. No. Maybe you do, but like, I don't. I don't. No offense lo- to him. I'd love a Maglio Ordóñez. I mean, I don't uh, know who who you're interested in. What would you? That like was going to gonna
1: be the number one that I said um, when you when you suggested that we were going to talk about this uh, maglio is right there I'm, I'm gonna to have to say Lou Whitaker too because tram okay. we've had trammel we got to get the double plate combo they really should be together the way they were <clears throat> for so many years in Detroit so I think they fit together but maglio would be amazing you want to go a bit more old school Hank Greenberg would be devastating as far as power mm-hmm. he'd be awesome I believe um, trying to think of some other guys that I think would be fun. You know, this is kind of a throwback name that people might not be that familiar with, but he did win an MVP, which in the 80s, they were voting pitchers for MVP way too often, especially relief pitchers. And Willie Hernandez won one in 1984. Um, he had no business winning the MVP. It it was very stupid, but he did win an MVP. And um, he was one of those relievers back in the day before relievers were just one inning guys. So he threw 140 innings in 80 appearances. So the stamina would be incredible on that with great per nines. So I think Willie Hernandez would be really fun. And this has just always been one of my favorite names. You know, I watched him growing up as a kid. Chet Lemon is just a (laughs) cool name. Wasn't
0: he a Um, manager at one point?
1: Uh, I don't know. Oh, no, was that might have been Was there another Le- Don Lemon? There's a Bob Lemon. Don Lemon is the guy on CNN. It's not him.
0: The, the broadcaster. Bob Lemon might have been it. Yeah.
1: So it might have been Bob Lemon, but Chet Lemon, um, you know, he wouldn't have like a 99. I don't think there's a 99 Chet Lemon out there, but I think there'd be some decent diamond level cards. He was just a really fun player for the White Sox and Tigers. And it's just a cool name. Chet Lemon is a <laughs> Uh, unquestionably cool name. So those are some guys that I'd really like to see coming from the Tigers Throw in Norm Cash as well. Um, kind of a lesser Hank Greenberg, a lot of power, a lot of fun for him too.
0: Yeah. A couple of Tigers guys I you know had just been thinking of, and this is mostly because this, this era that I watched them and watched the Yankees is, you know, the nineties and two thousands. So mm-hmm. they do some weird stuff with players sometimes. Like we got a random Steve Bedrosian last year as a gold and never saw him again. Give me I a gold Brandon Inch. That might be fun. Okay, he'll play every it. position. Yes, including catcher. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Bonderman stuck around far longer than he probably should have. I don't know if he, he ever had a season worth giving him any record. You know, credence. He for, did.
1: But- he did. I would say the 2006 season, that breakout season that we had, uh, where we were major underdogs to your beloved Yankees, <laughs> and and we ended up rolling them, which was unexpected but amazing uh, that was a really good season for Bonnerman probably his only what I would say good season other than that he was kind of average-ish um, in that same era by the way I, I didn't mention Carlos Guillen who I think would be a lot mm. of fun yes you know not an elite defender but like a a power with a little bit of speed type of guy great average he'd have a hell of good contact so I think Car- pardon me Carlos Guillen would be a lot of fun too
0: he reminds me, like attribute-wise, if you were to divert, you know, uh, spread it out, kind of like a Yuli Gurriel type of high contact, decent yes. enough power, not good fielding though.
1: Yeah, exactly, and a switch hitter. Yeah, so you throw that in there, um, give Multiple him a little. Too. Yes, third base second base in addition to his shortstop and he had a little left field in there too so there's some cards out there that could have a bunch of different positions i think Guillen would be a particularly fun gold and silver br type and i'm obsessed yes. with like those mid-tier like the cards that they have in those br packs now those silvers and golds i was banging the drums so hard for them to bring back gold and silver flashbacks and legends and they exceeded my expectations i i couldn't have even fathomed how good this was going to be. And I think guys like Carlos Guillen, Placido Polanco, Brandon Inge, mm-hmm. those would be some fun. Uh, Bobby Higginson would be some fun tigers who would fit particularly well in that realm.
0: And the very last tiger I want to mention, I think the whole world's been asking for this for years. When are we getting Victor Martinez back? Because I oh, need yes. this man. I need this. I don't quick. care. I don't care if he has 52 defense and 41 strength. I don't doesn't care. doesn't
1: matter. Because he hits so well, you're willing to give up a few stolen bases um, on the base pads there. And, you know, he was in the game when catcher blocking was a disaster, so it was exacerbated (laughs) by the fact that he was bad. It's much better now, so even his mediocre defense, you wouldn't be giving up a million pass balls. Everyone would steal on you, but you wouldn't be giving up many pass balls, and he dominated. Switch hitter, brilliant, brilliant hitter. I want Victor Martinez back. ASAP. He just retired. What a couple years ago. Now there is no cutoff period. I know there's this notion in the community that they have to wait five years, like the Hall of Fame. No, if SDS can get the rights the next year, they'll do it. Mm -hmm. So um, he retired after 18. So I think any day now, if they're working to get him, I don't see why he can't be in the game soon. That they know that we love the 2000s and 90s um, era legends. I think they know how much the community loves Victor Martinez. They're always listening. SDS is always on the pulse of what the community loves. Believe me, I, they're, I think they're working on getting Adrian Beltre, Joe Mauer, Victor Martinez. Justin Mourneau, no. those guys. Justin yeah. Moore, No, maybe even Beltran back. I know his reputation is a little sullied with the, uh, with the cheating scandal, but maybe they're even working to get him back in the game sooner than later. So, yeah, I would love Vic- Victor Martinez. That's a great call out.
0: So let's end half one of the show on that note really quickly. We're going to hear from our friends. We have Thrive Fantasy and Dugout Creative as always. So Daily Fantasy Sports, you know the big guys. Here's Thrive Fantasy. But this is based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research, like those other DFS apps, because it only asks you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, you choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. You rack up the most points possible, and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make a little bit of money during this MLB season, use promo code THESHOWTHEPOD. That's promo code THESHOWTHEPOD when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today, and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And Dugout Creative, uh, I made a joke last week that every time I read this ad, I actually read less and less of it. And we're basically not going to read it at all this time. Because the thing with Dugout Creative is that they're turning the MLB The Show content creation community on its head and giving the best of the best merch. And I I launched a Teespring merch store. Dugout Creative's got the good good. So if you go to Dugout Creative and you use code KDJTV, you'll get 15% off your entire order. They're not just uh, giving merch from, for content creators. Yes, you can go there for Dimu and Swan and a variety of other streamers, uh, but you could also go there and just get shirts for like, if you're a Yankees fan, you get a nice hoodie that says Bronx on. Uh, they have some cool stuff for basically any city you can imagine. They also have NFL, NBA, the works. So DugoutCreative.com, KDJTV is your coupon code, 15% off your entire order. So Spore, we are back. And uh, the thing I am most interested in talking to you is, uh, is about roster updates. So when I had first reached out to you, I don't know what it was at this point, five weeks ago or so, um, Nelson Cruz had just got downgraded to an 81. I remember this vividly because I play in a live series fantasy baseball league in MLB The Show where it's a custom league and we only use live series players against each other. We had a draft and everything. It's very interesting. It's a lot of fun. I love that. That's um, so sick. It's incredible. However, Nelson Cruz, who is my DH, because we have a DH in this league, mm-hmm. went from an 83 to an 81, despite having a 902 OPS. Mm-hmm. I understand there are many underlying factors and stats that go into this. You have to look beyond batting average. You have to look beyond all the traditional metrics that some people only look at, to you know, say it in a nice way. I just couldn't fathom how he went from an 83 to an 81. So what I want to come to you with is this question. Does MLB the show do their roster updates? I say the right way in air quotes, meaning do you like their method? Do you wish there was more transparency with the method? Just kind of what are your overall thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I actually think that they do. Uh, they do do it. Well, I'm very, very happy with how they do. it. Like I'm, I, Obviously I study this a lot. I've been doing it for several years now. It used to be a little bit easier because the offline roster, what I call the front page roster, the, the generic one that if you go to roster in the very beginning of the game matched the DD one, they've since changed that. But I used to be able to go into the offline roster, do the upgrades I thought they deserved. And then I could see exactly what that would change their overall to. Now it's a bit more of a guessing game for me that, you know, Thankfully, hasn't really hurt me in terms of making predictions, but it is a little tough because I, I I am flying a little bit more blind. But no, while I do have some disagreements with them, I generally come out understanding where they've w- what they've decided to do with everything. And so, no, I think a lot of people who make critiques um, that you kind of see on Twitter, people yelling about this, that, and the other a lot of people don't understand what makes up the, the upgrades is, is the problem. I'm not suggesting that that's you, by the way, I'm suggesting that, you know, the people who are just, you know, this guy has this ERA. Why did he get downgraded? Well, where's ERA on the card? My guy, it's not, it it doesn't (laughs) matter. Right. Like he has nine wins. Okay. Where's the wins per nine rating? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Wins per nine. (laughs) And the tough part is, is there aren't a lot of, um, Front-facing or public-facing outlets that allow you to see splits over a particular time period, and that can be difficult. Then, because then you're seeing a composite, uh, you're seeing a composite OPS, and you're wondering why somebody was downgraded if their OPS is really good. In the case of Cruz, when he got that severe downgrade, where did it come from? Primarily, it came against righties, because in that time period, the studied time period would be May 26th till about June 9th for that Mm -hmm. June 11th uh, uh, update, because they kept it on a Wednesday, or at least that's it's tuesday night wednesday afternoon i think i think maybe a wednesday day game if somebody hits like three homers they can kind of count that but for the most part i cap mine at at tuesday mm-hmm. um, of, of the week of so if you look at that time period he had a 524 ops against righties Cruz yep. did It was really rough for him there. And to that point in the season, his power against lefties had been a little bit down versus what we normally expect from Cruz. So it made sense, even though his full season numbers were still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest, that downgrade was the final straw for me in terms of him going diamond. I no longer advocate for him to uh, be an investment I just don't think we're getting live series Nelson Cruz to diamond barring just a unbelievable run, like a 1500 OPS for three weeks or something. But until something like that happens with his normal nine, something, even 1000 something OPSs, it's not going to be enough because he has no speed and his defense is terrible except for a decent arm. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it was shocking. And I think that was even a week that we had been talking about him, like maybe going up because like you said, The the studied period of time there, the OPS total was high because he was killing lefties, but he was devastatingly bad against uh, righties in that period. So it it made it look pretty bad there and he got the downgrade. But I think that's the biggest disconnect between people understanding um, what goes into the updates and how they come out is the splits piece and not being able to find the splits data for the studied period of time that. And then on the pitching side, people caring about ERA and wins, even though they don't mean anything toward an update.
0: The splits piece is very important. The other two things that are very important. One to some, like you mentioned, the updates are based on the two week window and the entirety of the season. Like normally the entirety of the season should be indicative of a two-week stretch because it helps tell the story of the full season. But if your dude's got a 1,200 OPS the entire season, and then in that two-week stretch as a 600 OPS, he's going to lose some hitting stats most likely. Exactly. And
1: there's another thing. Like I always tell people, I say, it's art and science. It's not just if you have X OPS, you are going to go up six points. It can't be because the the live series card is based on a three-year run. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the current year and the two years previously or coming into the season just the three years previously and they're all weighted equally which i did not know until last year i thought they were actually weighted differently but they are weighted equally but the trajectory of how somebody maneuvers is important too because people will say so and so has an 840 ops and so does this other guy has an 860 why is he a 74 overall and he is an 86 okay well Your first guy was a diamond, 89, who's come down to an 86. And your second guy here is Cedric Mullins breaking out, who was a common. I mean, actually, I think he started as a bronze, but you know know what I'm saying. How they get to where they are matters too, because three good months out of Cedric Mullins doesn't mean he's automatically a diamond on a par with Aaron Judge. It just doesn't make sense because he doesn't have the track record. So track record matters too. And then you talk about the whole season mattering. Sometimes they do a make good on a player, and we can't know that that's coming. Mm -hmm. Kendall Graveman went to gold in this last update. It wasn't based off of his last two weeks prior to that. He was pretty, he was fine during those two weeks, but I didn't see him for an upgrade because I was like, oh, these last two weeks haven't been that good. But what they did was they looked at his full season and said, you know what? We're a little behind on him. Let's catch up. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we can't always know. And that's kind of what makes it part of the art and science. As far as their transparency, I think they're transparent enough. It goes off the two weeks. I don't think they need, like, they don't owe us anything with it as far as, like, they have to tell us everything that's coming. Um, I think they rarely do those make goods. If they were doing those all the time and we had no idea who was going up, who was going down, that'd be frustrating. But I feel like me and the others who do it in the community are pretty good at figuring it out. Um, So that means I feel like they're transparent enough. If enough people can kind of have a good idea of where everybody's going, I say that the process is pretty open enough um, that they don't need, that they're not missing anything. So I'm not trying to be an SDS shill. Uh, I call them out when I think they're t- completely missing on something. In fact, I thought their Taiwan Walker downgrade oh. was terrible so yeah. and guess what they changed it yeah. they changed it friday afternoon because i was like what why did he get downgraded what happened like oh we messed that up sorry oh, and i okay. don't know if you remember a freddie freeman one from a couple weeks ago he had again gotten downgraded despite hitting like 400 against lefties and i just sent a message it wasn't rude i just said how did he get downgraded he's hitting like 405 or whatever like oh we, we, we botched it we messed up mm-hmm. so they're open to feedback they're open to being kept honest and it's, we're all working together here. They want to upgrade cards, but they can't just make up a, a pure fiction, right? Of People course, want yeah. J- Jesse Winker to go diamond on his live series. Well, he doesn't hit lefties. And that's not the same as, um, that's not the same as like a, a specialty card. Don't ever compare a specialty card to a live series mm-hmm. card. They're vastly different. So anyway, a lot of rambling there, but I, I think they do well with the process. Um, I think they're really open to hearing my feedback, which I really appreciate. They don't owe me that, but the fact that they even listen to me on anything really makes me feel um, like it's like it's kind of a team effort with the whole community because I take everyone's feedback. I can't do any of this alone um, I, I need I need all my my viewers and and uh, discord folks to be helping me out on stuff. So I think it's kind of a community effort and I love it.
0: One last note about upgrades, downgrades before we talk about a little more of your process of going about it. But guys, defense is important. Like Raphael Devers and Winker, apart from not really hitting lefties a ton, also won't go diamond because their defense is abysmal. I know Devers has improved Red Sox fans. Don't jump, you know, jump on me. <laughs> However, three year averages, he's been dog shit in the field. So he's going to have to earn 125s across the board hitting to ever sniff diamond. Same as Winker. And another thing that's important to remember. Some positions weight defense rating differently than others. Correct. And that's a big deal. That's something that maybe isn't incredibly transparent. It's not the end of the world. I don't necessarily care, but like first baseman defense doesn't matter as much as like center field. Like it's just traditionally defensively important positions. You need to have the higher rating to get a higher overall card
1: it's called the there's something called the defensive spectrum and Mm -hmm. if you just google it, it it'll take you to a wikipedia page that will show you what the defensive spectrum is it's basically a ranking of the defensive positions in order of importance for me i put catcher off to the side it's its own thing yeah but then it's shortstop second center third right left first and dh isn't really a position and we don't care about it in mlb the show anyway so that's what it is so basically your your defensive thresholds are going to be higher in center field than they are in left. Mm-hmm. They're going to be higher at short than they are at third. And you're right that that's not very transparent, but you can play around with that in the front page roster now it doesn't match up one to one as far as the overall goes with the dd roster but you can go in and look at like um mark Canha, right he needed to get changed he was the center fielder for oakland but he wasn't playing center field this year mm-hmm. so you can go in and you can see that if you take the front page roster and you move him from center to first he gets six points because yeah. his same ratings At first base are worth six more points. Now that doesn't mean that if they moved him to first in DD, he would get the same six points. But you know that if they change him, he would get a boost. So You can play around with it. I do think they would be well-served to maybe make a YouTube video or have a Twitch stream where they just go through all the ratings and give as much info as they can Mm -hmm. about how they play into everything, how they look at them, how they look at defense and all that sort of stuff. I do have word, by the way, that the next roster update is going to include a defensive sweep. They do like one big defensive sweep every year right around the all-star break because defense is very volatile the worst defender can have a great defensive month and people were like, Oh, his ratings are off the charts. That doesn't mean he's a good defender. He could have had like two big plays that completely raised his outs Mm -hmm. above average or whatever. So they have to wait for some sample to build up. So this month, uh, this next update in two weeks is going to include a big defensive sweep. So keep an eye on some guys that maybe deserve a boost like a Ryan McMahon. He might finally get his gold, even though he hasn't been hitting as well because he needs a position change and a defensive boost.
0: It's a very good point. So, maybe sneaky investment after the TA3 craze dies down. Because right now, people are doing exchanges. You got to wait maybe three, four days, even a full week. Give that a chance. It's a seller's market right now. You do
1: not want to be in there buying anything off the market. You want to be selling all your extras and all that sort of stuff.
0: Absolutely. Um, So, I've got you for like 10 or 15 more minutes, and I want to be respectful of your time. So, let's just go right into if there is an easy way to explain your process of how you predict roster updates, I'm sure it's every single factor in the book. You look at everything, but you know, I've been in your streams when you do your, whatever it is, Wednesday night or Thursday night prediction. And like, you're giving us 45 players you think are going to change, but you really have already predicted maybe 70 guys. You don't give us the full list. So how do you go about looking at all, like you're probably looking at every single player. How do you, how do you go about doing that?
1: Yeah. So I, I do go team by team uh, every week and it, and it is a long process. Um, but you know, that's part of why I, I do it, you know, it, it, there's sub benefits to it. And frankly, it, you know, let's just put it what it is. I'm paid to do it. Then. Yeah. If, if there's subscribers doing it, that means I'm being paid to do it. So I, I have no problem putting in the time and the effort to do it. So I go team by team um, usually the Sunday or Monday before Uh, a roster update is coming so that means there's still going to be a few more days where things can change but i want to get my first foundation of the guys that i think can be upgraded and i look at that two-week period that starts say an update this past one was was um june uh july 9th right the one that we just got yep so the next update period actually starts july 7th so seven, eight, nine goes into this update period. So I'll go from July 7th to um July 18th or 19th, because I'll start doing the, the the data next week. I go team by team. I have certain filters that I look at for OPS and then for strikeout walk uh and hits per nine rates that, that brings the guys into the pool. Then I investigate deeper on the candidates that I think can get upgraded. And then I make my best guess at how many points they're they're gonna go up. Um, usually, when it's when it's somebody going silver to gold, all I care about is if they go to eighty. I don't care if I'm right about eighty to eighty or eighty one or eighty two. If they're going from seventy nine into gold, that's all I care about. That's, so that's a huge tear jump.
0: Yeah, it's semantics. Exactly. That yeah. That's
1: all we care about is to get the tear jump to quick sell for Mm -hmm. 1,000 stuff. They go to 82, yeah, maybe they are diamond capable, but we'll worry about that down the line. So I go team by team, I get all those, I make my picks. I put that first list in the Discord. I let my uh, folks in the Discord give their thoughts on it. Did you forget this guy? What about this guy? What about We have conversations. I add a few guys perhaps if they did find some that I missed. And then I put the the full list together uh, for that Tuesday night. Then I cut that in half. I share half of it on YouTube and Twitch and the other half is, is just subscriber only so that there's still some benefit for them. So um, it's a long process, but I love doing it. I'm a fantasy baseball writer by trade, that's my job. So I'm already doing this sort of study anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and keeping my finger on the pulse of how players are doing is something that I'm gonna do naturally. So why not turn it into something that I can also do on MLB The Show? I basically consider Diamond Dynasty fantasy baseball. You mentioned that you guys have a fantasy baseball league, basically. Um, same thing. Like, it's all fantasy baseball. We're creating fake teams based on real players, and we're having a blast with it. So I love doing it. It's stuff I'm going to do anyway. I might as well share it with folks because there's always room for people to get in and invest. I don't have to keep anything off to the side. Mm-hmm. I don't keep any sneak players. If And plus, my, my inventory is always seeable on my stream visible yeah. on my stream yeah. so it's not like i'm hiding somebody and like why do you have 112 of this guy be like, oh no don't look at him no <laughs> i have 140 tyler mollies because i think he's going to go gold eventually so i'm i try to be as transparent as possible and i want everybody to make stubs make their investments get your chipper jones get your ta3 investments it's all about uh, everybody profiting because there's room for everybody
0: here and if for some reason people don't already respect the work this man does, I want you to kind of gas yourself up here. So in recent memory, can you give me one example of a time when people were saying, ah, this guy will never go up, and you predicted it correctly? And then on the opposite side, people said, this guy's definitely going diamond, gold, silver, whatever it is, and you were firm, absolutely not, and you were correct again.
1: Well, Winker and Peralta um- – Freddie Peralta very recently, this past update, there was a lot of community love for him. And I'm not here to to clown on anybody or anything, but I just didn't see it the way some other folks did because Mm. his big issue is his walk rate. And in the last period, he had been walking guys again. So I was like, he's not going, even though a lot of the other update folks were saying, yes, he's going to go. And then Jesse Winker, I never had him going diamond. And early in the season, there was a lot of drum beating of he's going, he's going, he's going. And then as far as golds go, um, I'm trying to think of any anybody recently that I had. Um, a lot of the golds this past update were kind of obvious. I think I was a little early on Ricel Iglesias mm-hmm. um, when other folks were maybe still a little bit behind on him. And even Joey Votto. Joey Votto eventually got there. But as recently as Wednesday night uh, of last week, People were still getting him for two hundred something stubs because I didn't I didn't see him on a lot of other videos, so that was definitely somebody that we had. Um, Rymel Tapia, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez are a few other guys. So yeah, you know I I definitely get some hits. Uh, I had Cedric Mullins going seventy four to eighty. And, uh, I thought he could get a dullest, a, a dull list, as I was calling it. Cause that one was a surprise. I did not see a oh, yeah, it going of, there. What does yeah. he
0: play center field? I was going to say it came out of left field, but yeah, yeah
1: it, came, it came out of center field. That one yeah. was wild. So I thought Cedric could do the same. He didn't quite get there, but he did eventually get gold. So basically for me, um, I love being right, obviously, <laughs> but as long as I get people on the train at a profitable price, and even if I, even if I'm a update early on somebody, I'm still fine with it. I'm totally fine as long as don't jump off the train if it doesn't hit the first week, like somebody on Cedric Mullins, 74 to 80. That was a gamble. I said, he might get there. We'll see if they can, if they do another Adolis. Well, they didn't, but don't jump off then because he's going to keep playing well. And then he gets to gold. Um, one that I did hit well, that, I not everybody was on super early. Um, I think I already said it, Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers. Mm-hmm. I was on those Marlins very early. In fact, I was actually surprised that they gave... Alcantara, the gold at the same time. I think they just wanted to do the three Marlins at once, because if you look Alcantara didn't really deserve it. And then what happens two weeks later, he loses gold. So I thought it was cute that they did all three Marlins, but I didn't really think that that Alcantara necessarily deserved it that first time. So, you know, we have a lot of hits. I have some misses. I'm not perfect. Um, you know, I had Framber Valdez going this week. He didn't go. Um, let's see who else. Taiwan Walker. He didn't go Anthony Descalfani. But like I said, I'm early on folks, stay bought in on those guys. I remain very confident on them.
0: And I got just two more questions for you. Sure. I don't know if you would like to share a success rate or if you keep it. If you have a percentage of, you know, it's hard to like, if you say a guy's going to go 68 and he goes 67.
1: Exactly. It's hard. But like, how how confident do you
0: tend to be when you make your picks? Like, are you sure, like, oh, 50% of my picks will be right? Or is it even like a higher number than that?
1: If I could be so bold, I would say I'm I'm probably closer to 75%. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good. And basically, you know, what I would consider a hit is if like you said, if I say somebody's going to go to 67 and they go to 66 instead, I I I think that's a win. Like yeah. I I'm not trying to nail the number, especially like I said with the guys going into gold. I don't care if they go 81 80 is all we need Mm -hmm. we're just trying to hit that gold tier so yeah i feel i feel like i have a pretty high success rate of at least identifying the guys who will be upgraded um it's rare that that i have somebody going for a multiple point upgrade and they get zero yeah
0: um
1: so it it wouldn't
0: make sense because otherwise you wouldn't have afforded them that two three four points
1: exactly It, it you just wouldn't. I'd be like, well, what what did I miss there? Sometimes if I have a guy going one or two points and they don't get it, I overestimated, and that's fine. I, mm-hmm. I, I've definitely done that before. But usually, I have a pretty solid success rate of at least identifying that somebody's going to go up. Like I had Gal. Now I won't count this one. I had Gallo going to an eighty-three. They took him from eighty-one to eighty-five. I just underestimated him a little bit. They went big on him, and I, I know exactly what I missed on too. League average is way down. So the fact that his batting average is still kind of bleh, yeah, doesn't matter. It was it's, close it's to league average. relative. Yeah. Relative to the league. It's and much s- better. Yeah. And so 60 they were is the league really average contact, him. I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they were able to boost him a lot more and I'm, I'm, I'm totally with it. Like I, it was just a miss by me, but I respect that they put him up there. I don't, I don't think that they were wrong to do that. I was the one who was wrong.
0: And my very last thing we could have a whole episode separately with you again or somebody else about investing strategy period. So I don't want to get into the ins and outs of investing. The things important things to note like invest what you're comfortable losing. Yes. If you're if you're not a big stubs person, maybe don't buy a 100 golds you hope to go diamond because like that's a big loss. There are very obvious things to talk about. But as far as investing and diversifying between bronze, silver's, golds, how do you personally divvy it up? Like is do you have some sort of like Oh, I'd like to do forty percent golds and thirty percent silvers this week, or is it all dependent upon like the player pool in that two-week stretch?
1: I I really am keyed in on silvers trying to go gold, Great. and that includes some of the guy, a lot of the guys that I predict for seventy-eight and seventy-nine because then they're going to be the next golds, and I mm-hmm. like to be in on the ground floor. I have a very patient approach. I don't need to necessarily hit that week on everybody. And there's a privilege there of having a a good stub base, you know, Mm -hmm. for those that are grinding on a smaller bankroll, I understand they want to hit that week because they want to build up their bankroll. So I'm definitely in a, in a privileged position there, but I like to focus on that mid tier um, of guys, either jumping from bronze into silver and then mid silvers going to gold. Um, I also I like micro-investing too. And the reason I like it is for things like we just had with the TA3. My last update, there weren't there weren't that many diamond candidates. I had Barnes and Albies. I missed on Gallo, like I said, and I thought Peralta and Springer weren't going to go, even though there was some love for them in the community. So my focus was turned on Commons going bronze because their exchange rate was going to go up much higher. Mm-hmm. Like Lamonte Wade Jr. went from a 60 uh, to, he went from a 63 to a 71, the amount of exchange points for that on t- team affinity three is a massive jump. And he was single digits. Mm-hmm. So I was telling people, this is your week to get a bunch of single digit cost. Uh, cards that are going to go up and that's going to make your exchanges much easier. There's four exchanges for each division. And I barely spent anything to do all four of those for all six divisions. So all 24 of those. So it all depends what you're trying to go for. If you're trying to strike it big, obviously you're looking at gold's trying to go diamond, but you have to get in early because by the time you know, the week came around, Albies was at 4,500. You don't want to invest 4,500 on somebody nope. that's going to go down. Because even if it's guaranteed and he was as bad as guaranteed as it gets, that's 500 stubs. You can do much better by investing in Joey, uh, Joey Votto, for example, who was mm-hmm. 200. And then you're going to quick sell him for a thousand. So it all depends on the week in question. But I, if you ask, my general strategy is to focus on silver's going gold, whether that's this week Or the next week, I have a sheet called the hold for gold sheet, which gives a one to 10 rating on silvers and their likelihood to go gold within the next two weeks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, guys, investing is not just for bankroll, though a lot of people use it that way. Like Paul said, team affinity, we're going to have more than we had last year. So you can keep holding guys who you think are going to go up in exchange value. And secondly, do your research. Not every 84 is going to go diamond. Not every every 83 is going to go diamond. Like there were some stone cold locks this week, like Albies, like we said. You know, I've been on the Jared Walsh hype train. I know he doesn't have the three-year average behind him. I know his stats against lefties suck. I made the mistake of investing a little bit this past update in Jared Walsh, but I was also on the game the second the update dropped. So I was still able to sell him at a reasonable cost so I didn't lose a ton of value. But make sure you do your research. Listen to listen to Paul. Just go to Fangraphs and just live on Fangraphs or some other sites mm-hmm. like that where you can look up splits uh, and, and things of that nature. Uh investing's tricky. I'm still learning the ins and outs of it. I hope this conversation helped you a little bit, kind of understand uh, how it works or, or the thought process behind a lot of this. And, and I thank Spora for being here. So before I let you go, just let the people know every single place they can find you, the stream schedule. If there is one, just, just let the people know.
1: Yeah, they can hit me up on Twitter uh, at Spore, that's S-P-O-R-E-R. And then on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash Spore. I stream five, six nights a week. Uh, I have a Discord that you can come in, ask questions in. Um, I... I don't have an exact schedule as far as streaming goes because, you know, sometimes I'm working a little bit later, but it's usually in the evenings. I'm mostly an evening streamer. I'll, I'll dip a day stream in here and there, especially this week because it's the all-star break. I get to breathe a little bit. So I'm actually going to do a couple day streams. Uh, but yeah, if you have questions, I'm, I'm happy to help in any way I can. Now, I don't usually like who do I invest in as a question because <laughs> um, you can watch my YouTube, uh, which is uh, I do what... I don't know if you have a direct link. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a YouTube noob. It might be youtube.com slash PJS24. Let me see if that actually works. Oh, it does work. Yeah. So that's PJS24. I don't have Spore. Maybe I should have gotten that. But you can check out my, my stuff there or you can come on my Discord and ask questions. I'm more about the teach a man to fish than to just give them fish type of deal. Correct. Um, yeah. like, like don't that. if the first thing you do, because it says like first new viewer, first question. Uh, if the first thing is who do I invest in? I'm going to ignore you like that's not how we do you got to hang out see what's up talk talk through some players with us i'm happy to help but i'm not there to just give you the answer key i want to teach you how to do it so that way you don't have to just ask for the answers so anyway that was Rambly spore on twitter and twitch come through we're talking baseball all the time so even if you don't like to invest or don't care about it we're always doing baseball stuff
0: and guys as always I will be streaming tonight. That is Tuesday night when you're listening to this 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, twitch.tv slash KDJTV. Uh, we'll be grinding the event some more. I already got Cespedes because I've just been living on the game the last couple of days, but we're going to be grinding the event, boosting some parallels and some batting averages. So when I play on Hall of Fame, I can stand to lose some batting averages on my players. Um, that's kind of the name of the game for me. Also, um, merch, like I said in the beginning of the show, I'll have links to it everywhere. If you guys buy something, first of all, thank you. I truly appreciate it. Second of all, tag me on Twitter. I'll retweet, show the love. I truly, you know, I don't expect you guys to, to spend money on me. Like I've said a million times in the past, I do this show for fun. I stream for fun, but I do appreciate the support. So uh, ooh, as I hear a giant thunder cackling in the background, <laughs> uh, I think it's time to end the show before I lose my internet connection. So Spore, again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks, man. Talk to you all next week.